Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Poage and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review. Stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. And joining me today is Juliana. Say hi. Hi everyone. And uh, this is Juliana who has yet to read this book. No. What? No, I'm not going to read it. You're not going to read it. Oh. Okay, so here's the thing. This is we're going by we're going we're we're reviewing His Master's Voice by Stanislav Lem, and you pronounce it Stanislav Lem. Stanislav is a Stanislav Lem. He's Polish. Polish. It's got the little thing through it. The L with a thing through is yeah. Is a what? Yeah. So we're going to go for Stanislav Lem. And um, and I was like, okay, well, we we're, ju- were just mentioning this yesterday because I was listening to it yesterday in a car journey. Yeah. And you were chatting to your parents and I was laughing and you're like, what are you laughing at? And I'm like, oh, this book's crazy. Um, and you're like, shall I read it? And I said, no. And, and here's the thing. I wasn't quite sure because then I was like, hey, no, but I remember we both read um, and really enjoyed uh, a, a Solaris. You know, Solaris is a book that I thought was really, really good. And and I got you to read it, and then you just looked back through and found what did you find that you got that you rated? I it? rated it two stars. So Juliana gave gave Solaris two stars. Now, <laughs> I'm I, sure I had my reasons. I'm sure there were some reasons about it. And but what I understand, I mean, of course, what these two books have a lot in common, um, and I guess this is common to other Lem books as well. Yeah. That. And even within this book, he starts critiquing other science fiction books and uh, fantasy books about this kind of thing. Okay. With the idea being that you're going to talk to someone alien or something alien. Yeah. How do you do that? Uh... Well, I'm not asking you to reply how you do that, but the point oh. is Solaris is there's this uh, weird, you know, they go to the planet Solaris, which has got this, you know, planet spanning um, alien intelligence maybe intelligence you're not quite well, sure what it is certainly influencing the humans right yeah of course but it, it's communicating with the humans in a way that it's going yes of course this is how you communicate with humans what you do is you create other humans for them to hang out with and to talk with and then they'll you know they'll understand them that way or you'll study them in this way so for the solaris thing the mm. thing on solaris of course there's an obvious way of doing it and it's like a little bit beyond what humans can Some express grass. yeah and uh, and that's what this book is about it's about it's a book about how difficult it is to understand uh, humans. Uh, no, for humans to understand aliens. Okay. Um, and the aliens find it really easy. Well, that's the thing. What is the logo of the uh, of the record store of the publishing com- company HMV? Do you know oh, yeah. HMV? Yeah, yeah, his master's his voice. voice. And what what do you, when I say his master's voice, what do you picture? A little dog sitting in front of a gramophone. And exactly, and it comes from this. I just looked up where this painting comes from. Um, the the uh, the painting was is the descriptive descriptive work was called dog looking at and listening to a phonograph okay okay um, when is that from this is from nineteen eighty no sorry eighteen ninety nine was when it starts up so in uh, he Francis Barad applied for the copyright on, on this painting okay. oh well I I just thought I I saw a little thing about his maybe uh, uh, the image. Anyway, it says that it was from his... Um, oh, yeah, so Borad um, drew this original uh, painting. Okay. Francis Borad, English artist Francis Borad, yeah. or Barad, 
and um, it, it, the dog was a terrier named Nipper, had originally belonged to Borrard's brother, Mark. When Mark Borrard died, Francis inherited Nipper with a cylinder phonograph and recording of Mark's voice. Francis noted the peculiar interest that the dog took in the recorded voice of his late master emanating from the horn and conceived the idea of committing the scene to canvas. So the yeah. whole point of this is like when, when you just asked me that question, um, is it easy for aliens to communicate with humans? Mm -hmm. if, if we're just listening to a recording of aliens, how do we know what they think anymore? Because there's no way to reply to them. Yes, okay. So if you get a signal from space, it could be coming from, you know, thousands of light years away. So, so from you, the past. So, yeah, so it's from the past. So if yeah. you reply to them, they're going to get it in hundreds, hundreds of uh, years in the future if yeah. you send a message back to them. Yeah. Like, it isn't even about, like, how well can aliens, how well do they think they're doing sending us a message? But that's not the point. Like, when we send a, a signal out to the stars and say, here's our radio dish, here's a signal out to the stars, something, something like that, we're not expecting a reply back. We've just got to design a message that's being sent out to the stars. That's more like, not yeah. a question, but more of like a statement. Well, is it a statement? Yeah, what, what is it that we're sending out there? For example, if when you look at the, um, when you think about the Voyager records that the, mm. you know, that the people like, was it Asimov and uh, Carl Sagan sent out there? Mm. And they're like, hey, let's make a record of it. And what do they do? They actually say, I think they've got like in 200 languages, people saying hello in like 200 languages. Mm. And you think, well, how helpful is it saying the same word <laughs> in 200 languages couldn't so aliens would just think like even i would think that it would be a it, it, like because they know they don't know it's the same word in different languages so you hear different words mm. and you think oh each word means something different, different. You, you, you think it's you a whole think that. speech you right? would think that yeah, yeah you would think that sort of like here's a word and here's another word and they're like oh are they counting one two sure. and you hear it like 10 as of like wow they're counting in base 200 that's really weird to count yes. in base 200 <laughs> yeah. and then you get to 201 which isn't 201 that's then then you say 11 or no however it would work yes. out you know yes so um so yeah, it's not even about how well you think the other person is going to, or how well you do. It's like even how well you think they're going to do. Okay. And this and this book is called His Master's Voice because it's it's sort of like the person who did the recording and recorded this thing for the future was never expecting his dog to be listening to it. And yes. even if he did expect his dog to be listening to it, there's no way for him to know that in the future his dog would be listening to it yes. and how well his dog would respond. That's yes. not... Like, what would it be there? Like, what would it, you know, what would the dog be expecting? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Anyway, so this is a fun little thought experiment that we're doing so here. Do you, do you think uh, he, like, obviously, it's not a coincidence, right? So he well, knew the he No, knew I mean, this is like image, a massively trademarked knew, thing. Yes. Yeah. So it was known that he based this whole this book on well that i guess idea. so i mean I, I i could i guess i could look up uh, his master's voice let's have a quick here look uh, his master his master's voice uh, i could actually just look up on wikipedia oh, so by his the way this book came master's out in 1968 yeah uh so the painting obviously was there already yeah. um although uh, you like i think it is important to know that uh, lem coming yeah. from poland like I just read a few things about him, and it's yeah. quite peculiar about the the like he didn't he didn't like American uh, science fiction, and he was yeah. really against it, yeah. except then for uh, Philip K. Dick at some point. And it's just yeah, yeah, really yeah. Strange. You've just been looking. Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna. Uh, the original book was called uh, uh, Guaspana. Yeah. Uh, 
Let me go to just Google Translate. What do I want to have here? And so I'm going to do that from Polish. I guess it's from Polish. So let's yes. have a look here. Uh, Polish into English, and it's uh, the voice of the Lord. Okay, so I okay. guess it's just whatever what is going to be there. Oh, okay. so his master's so, voice. His master's voice. But what is it? it the, the translation itself is already in uh, in in a choice by the editor. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing that in Polish. A głos pana just means his master's voice, in, in, but now Google is translating it into voice of the Lord. Anyway, okay. so what I'm saying is that the little conversation that we just had there yeah. about what would it be like to make a recording of your voice, yeah. then you die, yeah. and then you don't your, know who listens to your it. brother plays it, but then your dog overhears it. Yes. Okay. Think of that little image that's in your head now, yeah. and the discussion that we just had about that. Like, what would it be like to be a person who doesn't know that their voice is going to be heard by their 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 uh, dog, that they're going to be still alive after they die in the future, and then his brother's going to look at the dog and do a painting about it. Like, all of that doesn't happen. That all happens by accident. Yes. You know, all of those 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 chains chains happen by accident. Yeah. And we just had a little discussion about that and how weird it would be. Yeah. This novel is an entire novel of the author or the main character in the book who is who was writing his memoirs about this time. Don't fiddle with the microphone, please. Yes. And uh, uh, and doing that kind of stuff. So so we there's a discussion, and then the characters within the book having those kind of discussions about okay. that kind of thing. That's this entire book. It's the author of the book, the author within the book of his memoirs within the book and different characters having discussions like we would have about what it might mean that an alien si we receive an alien signal why did they send it and all these different kinds okay. of things so it's less of a, a like a science fiction book in the sense that there's a, an adventure in the science fiction there is setting. absolutely no adventure it's in this book it's more a science fictional philosophical conversation it is Okay. Which is weird because it's really difficult to review this as a as like a science novel science fiction book. Like a, no, it's a science it's fiction a book, book, but and not. It, and it is a novel, but it's a fictionalized memoir of a, of of something where not a lot happens, mm -hmm. but there's a signal is received from a, like from in in some background radiation. Well, it's in the neutrino uh, some neutrinos that are hitting Earth. Okay. Okay. Just the setup of the book is this. So somebody is listening. They, there's this sensor. They set up this experiment to listen to neutrinos, and they get this random like uh, like you know static like static noise from it. Okay. And they're like, oh, well, there's not really very much here. And then something happens and somebody gets hold of this data and he's sort of like, well, I don't really, this data's not very interesting, but this is random background noise. So I'm going to use this and I'm going to sell people random numbers. And this is actually a service that you can do. Random numbers are very, very difficult to make on computers. Cause, cause oh, so computers... you take the random noise. Yes. Because you know that is random. Yeah and uh, yeah. put numbers to it yeah. and then you have really real random. real random yeah. real numbers and this is what actually happened in the second world war when they were wanting to make codes and things like that they were like we need random numbers how do we make random numbers so they would go to a retirement home and say all right you know people get these dice or get these coin flips and roll it and then write down the number and then roll the dice again and write down the number and roll it and that's how they would make oh God, numbers an and you even get random number machines now which is just dice in a thing yeah. and they just constantly go because they are more around. random than a computer would a computer be. can't do randomness because human can't, ran can't do randomness no is computers that... can't do randomness and humans can't do randomness so you can't program a computer to do randomness you can ask it for a random number but all it's doing there'll be a clock going in the background you'll say give me a random number and it'll be like alright 
what's the clock number? The clock number is this, this, and we'll do some transform to get it down to what you want. Okay. But here's the thing. There was this... Uh, I saw this uh, thing about um, uh, computer... Uh, computer uh, navigation software or something on cars and when you would start the car what it would do is it would take a it would take the uh, it would it would make an encryption key from time Yes. From the time that it was. But that means that you Let can me finish. trace it back Let me and finish. then it's not random anymore. And you think, well, what time did yeah. they do this? And you think, well, that's really difficult to know. But then it isn't difficult to know because when it started off, it would start off at some the beginning of some computer epoch, which is the 1st of January 1970. Hmm. And only when it would connect to GPS for the first time, it would ask the GPS signal, hey, GPS signal, what time is it? Mm-hmm. And the GPS signal would say, it's exactly this time. And then they'd be go, great. But it already got it already got the encryption number. So all you need to know, all you need to do is look at every single time from the first of January zero 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 on the first of January, nineteen seventy, mm-hmm. and you all you've got to do is search through fifteen seconds worth of time, and you would find the key to the into this computer yeah. th- so, system. Because because if you have a random thing, it is always based. On something. On something. And if you, the key, right? So yeah. this is like the key. And if you know yeah. that it's going to be, it's going to look for that, if it's going to make that encryption key in the first 15 seconds, mm. the computer is turned on for the first time and the clock isn't set and the clock has a as a default setting yeah. well, then you and know. you can just pick that. You yeah. just go, well, let's just look through the first 15 okay. seconds of this and we know the algorithm that it used to, to convert the time into something which is like quasi-random. Anyway. So what happens is this person says, hey, here's, I'm, I've got this and I've done a computer program printout thing yes. to take chunks of this like binary data, on-off, on-off data that we had in the background radiation or something, um, and I'm going to convert that into random numbers. And he publishes some books of random numbers. Mm-hmm. And then some accountancy firm looks at it and goes, this is fraud. You haven't bothered making new numbers because this section in book two or this section in book three are the same numbers oh, so as in book one. Yeah, but it all ah. happened again. It all happens by accident. Yes. You know, you, d- you didn't realize it. And then people are like, oh, great. And then there's a little news report about it and someone does it. And the guy's like, no, it's not fraud. I got I copied these numbers down from this data. So, you know, this background radiation. Goes, ah, uh, and then, well, not everybody. It's all secret. That's the thing. Oh, okay. So anyway, what happens is that these, um, these scientists are brought together by the government and said, Hey, look at the signal. Work out what you can do, and there's some, and they find some meaning in it. And the main character in this book, Hogarth, or whatever his name is, he works out that it's kind of he works out some mathematical proof about it to say that it's actually structured in some mm-hmm. way. Not very important about it, but what it comes down to is lots of discussions about who sent this, why did they send this, what could be in in this signal, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, and and you know the meaning of it and where it comes out and all of that kind of stuff. And there is a little bit of drama later on, like in the last quarter of the book, where they're like, "Oh, we've accidentally made a weapon out of this," and there's like, "Oh, should we tell anyone? What, what should we do like this?" You know, because it's all about radiation and, and things like that. And they they manage to make some um, some things out of it. You know, mm-hmm. they manage to make some substances, and they're like, "Oh, this is kind of like a, a quasi like organic thing." So is this somebody? It's uh, the DNA. They yeah, send out like their DNA. DNA. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> and there's lots of discussions in this book about saying okay so what's language language is one of the conversations that they have it's sort of like if you say somebody um grandma died funeral thursday okay those four words that's a lot of meaning that i just gave over to you there that can be translated into any language on earth because everybody on earth has a mother and that mother had a mother yes so grandmother is a universal or, or, or an earth-wide 
thing. I can't say universal because I'm literally going to say that it's not universal. But yeah. okay, so mother. Okay, died. Death is part of every culture on earth. Yes. So that's based on culture. Funeral. Every culture on earth commemorates the dead in some way. Yeah. There's nothing. There's no. There's no culture on earth which is like, oh, a human died. Let's just leave the body there. Or whatever Don't like that. So. Don't think Haven't so. Heard of that. And Thursday, every culture on Earth has a way of no, time I passing. Say that. No, of time passing. Okay. They all have. They all have like today, tomorrow. Like th- in, you a, could in you- a way. Yeah, there will be a way, even if they don't use the names of the week and the seven days to the week, yeah. all cultures will have some way to mark passage of time and to plan something for the future. Yeah, okay. for the community to plan something. Yeah, to do. for the community, yeah. there'll be some kind of understood framework of time to say, not today, yeah. not tomorrow, yeah. not the next day, but three days' time. And it could, be, it could be tricky to translate, you know, Funeral Thursday to a different language, but, but it's possible in every single thing. Yeah, but you can make sure that everybody, everybody on Earth would understand yeah. their sense of what was said. Mm. Yes. But DNA, you can't translate into these different into the different languages because it's not based on human culture. It's based on like science and mm. um, you know chemistry and physics and all these other kind of things. You know, so there's this whole there's a whole discussions about culturally based languages and science based languages yeah. and how it's to understand them for us for us to understand it. We have to actually translate this science based language, which is DNA into cultural-based language where we sort of say, oh, we've got these signals, like these symbols of A, C, and T, and D? No, what B? is it? Yeah, B? No, I can't remember what it is. Uh, a, C, D, C, or D, DNA. A. Anyway, whatever it is, the different, the different yes. the four-letter the codes, yeah. and two of them go together, and then we talk about them zipping together, and we talk about spirals and all these other yeah. things which kind of exist in our... Anyway, so what this book is, is just discussion after discussion sometimes with the person the author writing it that just writing a discussion like saying what he thinks sometimes telling us about discussions that are taking place in this institute which is looking at the signal sometimes recounting word for word discussions that are happening between different people and sometimes just cutting to the chase and just saying here's the results of what we found you know that kind of stuff so it is a book where almost nothing happens there's no tension and there's no action yeah it's just discussions about philosophy language um alien signals yeah there's even discussions about like i'm saying this is about science fiction and lem is obviously saying well all science fiction is shit because none of them actually deal with problems none of them deal with uh, alien communicating with aliens in in a realistic way and it's weird to say that yeah it's like who who else has done you know conversations with aliens in a realistic way of course there's like Solaris, which is exactly that. I yeah. guess Peter Watts has done that with some of his blindsight things, where you just like you just there's just no way to there's no yeah. physical way for for humans well, to way, talk to like, each other. He did the difference, but uh, Red Mars on a different level what? talks philosophically about a different issue. No, no, but uh, again, more human yes, yeah, oriented. Okay. But not so a, much. But Red, there's no aliens in Red no, Mars. No, no, okay. no, no alien. Not about the alien communication. But he there are some discussions about yeah. the whole. Uh, no, but Lem isn't. Dis- Lem isn't critiquing Kim Stanley Robinson's Red Mars, which is a book about politics, which happens to be science fictional. Hmm. He's talking about any time any um, alien turns up mm-hmm. in any science fiction book or work. 
there is just a, an understanding, okay, this is how we commu- this is how they yeah. communicate. We're going to put and the battlefish in the yeah. ear. Yeah. We're going to have the universal translator. Or we we're have gonna... just new languages that developed. Yeah. Um, and everyone, we're just gonna everybody's w- able work, to, to... We're going to work yeah. through it. Or they're going to be from a planet which is so like ours that they also have... They're also bipedal and they mm. see things in our spectrum of our light. Yeah. You know, and all these different kind of things. So, and, that, and that's the thing. He's just like saying, yeah, so all science fiction is shit. It's just fantasy. It's not... There's nothing scientific about it. And there's that discussion. There's interesting discussion where they're like, oh, um, empirical uh, science, empiricism could only come from a Christian culture because um, we have to suppress our, you know, sinful thoughts and that all gets pushed down and stuff like that. And then it's, and again, I can't even describe it, but there's old discussions about that. There's just discussion after discussion about this, this, some, now let's talk How about can philosophy. How enthusiastic about this I, I would I'm not it's not that I'm enthusiastic about it as I was reading it I was just like this is crazy because there's fucking nothing happening in this no. book but it, it is well written like the characters are not well written like this book starts off I listened to the audiobook yeah. the first hour of this book is the main character in the book who is like the author with like the, the, the author within the book yeah. who's writing his memoirs yeah. pretty much talks for an hour at the start of this book about how he's really selfish and you know you shouldn't really like if you I don't know He's just talking back, oh, this is something that happened when I was a kid and this set me up to do this kind of stuff. And then there's lots of talk of things about, oh, you're just being, you're just doing a Freudian reading of this kind. And it just, and it goes on for like an hour at the start of it, just talk, him talking about how he doesn't think he's a good person. And he thinks down in his heart is, he's like broken inside and everything that he's doing is trying to, and you're just reading going, okay, so when does the science fiction start? Like, when does, when does this start? And then he gets put in place and it says, oh, there's a signal and he gets given the signal, but he doesn't get anybody else's results. They're just like, what can you work out? Yeah. We're not going to tell you what's happened. Okay, they they get different people seeing if they come all to the same conclusion. Yeah, and he does in some way. And, he, and each one of them has something new to bring and some of them do and don't. But yeah. then the timeline, is he, he, like, in the book, yeah. he's writing his memoirs. Way after all of this has happened. Okay, yeah. so he's writing his memoirs, be- describing how th- he thinks himself as being a bad person yeah. after all this happened. Yes. He's, he's pretty much saying, I'm very famous now because I was involved in this. Yeah. There's been 25 biographies of me. Like, 25 people have written my story. No, I'm writing my own story. Or, or not my story, but the story of what happened okay. in this situation. Don't believe these people. Don't believe these people. This person got pretty close, but they don't know the full story because they weren't there and they only heard it from this other third source. Here is what I think about what happened there. Okay. And these are my memoirs. And the, the, he's like a he's he's a person who was who was brought up doing I think mathematics, but then went across and did sort of like he, he went into different uh, areas of study. So okay. every time he'd turn up in an area of study, people would be like, "Yes, this is how we do stuff," and he'd be like, well, "Why do you do it that way?" Mm. And they're like, "Oh, well, I guess." And he's like, D- "Let's do it. Let's look at it in this different area." And he's like, oh. So he's he's pretty much known for being someone who can come into a field, understand it pretty quickly. In, and, and, ask, and ask questions which yeah. other people haven't questioned. And that's what he's brought into this project. They're like, come in, and straight away he works out something mathematical uh, about, you know, he even says in the book, I'm not going to give you the mathematical proof, but this is what I discovered about this, you know. Okay, okay. Um, so, so, yeah. Um, but he doesn't really have a character, except he's sort of like just an old white guy. There's no women, there's not a single woman in this book, and no females mentioned in this book. All of science. In, in Solaris, is there any woman? Yeah, of course there's women. There's a massive part about his wife, you know, his oh, yeah, yeah, uh, and, and stuff coming back. Yes. Um, but, but it's not about there's no women, but this is written by someone in Poland in the 1960s, imagining what science is like in the 1960s in America. No women. 
And, yeah, well, he's just like, oh yeah, there's no women here. Of none course. of the none of the programmers and none of these people coming in. It's all men. Well, they are in the background, probably doing yeah. the important stuff. But yeah, um, yeah I see what you mean. Um, but um, so this guy, yeah, he's part, like theoretically part of a team, but they're not working as a team. No, he is. A, he is. A, he is part of a team, and okay. he does work with people. It's okay. not that he's. So is he? Is he in like? Does he think he is a bad person because like he brought up Christian and then became scientist, or why? Is no, he just wants to. <laughs> no, he's having a drunken conversation with people, and he's mm. like, and here's my theory about why yeah, um, empirical science only came from you know Christ the Christian world is because. As you get better at something, you get rewarded by doing, like, as your mind improves, you actually get rewarded by not being more religious. You get actually rewarded by being more cerebral and doing things more scientifically. Yeah. Whereas in the West, like for Buddhism, the better your mind gets, actually the further away from science you get and more into mysticism that you get. Yeah. And again, I can't even describe all of the things that it was, but he's, he's recounting a drunken conversation that he had with someone oh, okay. about religion and science. Okay, okay. okay. And that's why it's so crazy that you get all the way through to this last section of the book. You're like, like it's a 14-hour audiobook. I submit two hours from the end. You're like, and now the tension's going to ramp up and we really get in. It's sort of like, and now a diversion <laughs> into this kind of thing. So, um, yes, it's a, it, you think this book is going to be about talking to aliens. And it isn't. Because unlike, say, Contact... Con yeah, that's what always comes Carl to Sager, my mind. Yeah, Contact is like... Uh, a, a, a very much dumbed down version of this because contact is also full of things like oh and here's what I think about atheism and here's what I think but the level that you realise that Carl Sagan was writing his popular science fiction he kind of book about and then compare it to this it's it's like two it's like totally different levels they're working on completely different levels because of course okay. Carl Sagan was trying to write a popular wide like and this widely is kind of received the, novel. Exactly the kind of thing that Stanislav Lem always uh, criticized. Yes, of course. He's like, so wait a yeah, second. He, like, said, he said always like the American uh, or the, the Western science fiction world is only yeah. making, wanting to make money. Yeah. And, and, and in, so what happens in, in so what happens in this book? So what happens in Contact is at the end. Well, again, I've not. I never actually finished the book. I thought Contact was wasn't good enough to actually keep reading to the end. But I didn't. Re I only I, watched the movie. Okay. So at the end of the movie, they they get this signal and they decode it, and it's they're really clever, and they build a machine, and they go to another thing, and she meets her father and comes back, and it's sort of like welcome to the whatever something mm. like that. And in this book, they're like, okay. What we managed to build something, hmm. we got all these instructions, we managed to build something, and they're going, ah, oh, so but that's like getting all of the DNA hmm. from of a human's DNA, hmm. looking all the way through it, and being able to make some kind of proteins that like replicate some RNA or white blood cells or whatever it was, sort of like that. And that's what we've made. And then we've made this, we've made these white blood cells, and we're like, yes, we're getting we're getting somewhere, we're understanding the signal. And they're like, how much of the signal have you understood? We've understood sort of like 0.004% of it. But look, but, look, yeah, we've got like, this substance here, this these like white exactly, blood cells. But this is like exactly describing it to DNA. Like yeah. if you would, if you would, like, I don't even know, have they done it? Have what? they sent human DNA out? And, and, but, but that's the thing, the it wouldn't, wouldn't help anyone because you, exactly. need a, you need a womb or you need a zygote or whatever well, it is. Well, if you're like a very, uh, a very developed alien race, you might have that. So let's just say <laughs> they get all this information. It's like a giant uh, recipe and then uh, in the end yeah. the pepper is missing and then it, yeah, yeah, that's so, it. So you get like a blob of something. No, but... It, 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 
that, but yeah, that, that, that's the whole point. Is that like? And then you think this is this is the alien? Oh, it's not. But here's alien. the thing: that's why Contact isn't very believable because Con- Contact is a book where we get a message in a TV signal, mm. decode it, and build a spaceship, and it, you just and like, the and then go like, and meet the yeah. aliens on a different planet, and you're like. All right, sure, shortcut there. sure, but that, that's not, that is, that is pure fantasy. Like, contact is pure fantasy. Yeah. Whereas in, in, this, in this book, they're like, hey, we got this signal. We don't even know if it's blueprints to something, mm. but we found something in it and made something mm. by using some of the code that we have in it. Mm-hmm. So we're in the right direction. And this book is like, you are 0.003% into understanding what's going in and you might be going in the wrong direction. It might just yeah, be random just thinking, that you found this. I was just thinking, if you write down a recipe yeah. in chemical words... Yeah. <laughs> the chemical structures <laughs> of all these things. You yeah. could end up with a, a fertilizer. Yeah. Or some food. Yeah. Or... Poison. Poison. In fact, actually, that's, what, that's, actually, so... that's actually one of... That is actually one of the analogies that Lem uses in this book. He's saying, okay, I've got this recipe for you. Make the recipe. But if you get... Um, like, like... If you think the, the translation from English, from German into English, from... Uh, Milligram uh, is no, no, kilogram. No, 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 no. no. Like, what, what are you saying? Tarragon and estrogen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's very understandable. In German, what is it? It's estragon. Uh, estragon is the herb. And you said, oh, we need... Tarragon. Yeah, but you said to me, we need to buy some estrogen. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think we do. And you're like, yeah, estrogen. And I was like, what are you saying? And then I actually looked at it and was like, oh, no, tarragon. No, no, it was it was part of a lemonade. And I oh, said, right, yeah, yeah. oh, I had an estrogen lemonade. Oh, yeah, that was it. You had and, estrogen lemonade. <laughs> and it was estragon lemonade, which is uh, tarragon, tarragon lemonade. Okay, so... But I used the... the the German word pronounced in English and out comes estrogen. Yes. <laughs> but it's tarragon. And this is exactly, this <laughs> it's, is exactly that. But w- just imagine if it wasn't estrogen and tarragon, it was like, like whatever. Um, lead. Cyanide oh. and, uh, I don't know, honey. I don't know what you would yeah. be, like, uh, whatever it would be. But yeah, so, so that's, that's the difference, sort of like, yeah, you could make something and give it to someone, but like, what Just the, a t- like, tiny one, translation error. <laughs> yeah, one tiny translation error from, uh, uh, estragon to tarragon rather than estrogen again probably less harmful but i'm not going to start drinking that uh, i'm not going to start drinking that lemonade you drink, like you don't drink beer but other people drink beer there's yeah. lots of estrogen in there so okay. either way um <laughs> so yeah that even that is one yeah. of the analogies in this book so that's all i want to say about the book it's a book which isn't it is a science fiction book it is about science fiction it is about alien signals it's a book about science fiction it's not a science fiction no it is a science fiction novel. book it is a, it is a novel but if you go into this expecting a novel uh, like about something which isn't like science fictional ideas, which isn't about alien contact, which isn't about language, which isn't about science, which isn't about religion, which isn't about like masses of philosophy. This is what the book is. It's like a philosophical. Oh, this is the word the, I got. Futural. Futurological. Futurological. Nah, it's not even futurological. Philosophical exploration. It, it's definitely philosophical and scientific and all these other things, explorations. But, and I've mentioned this before, if you're going to do this kind of stuff, like I like uh, like um, Heinlein does, but he he opens with a space battle mm. and he closes with some raid and explosions yeah, and, and stuff and like he, that. It's like these books kind of have the message. Yeah, 
but they pack it up in a story, okay. in action. Yeah, and here's the thing: something. if this you want to read about pure... politics, if you want to, if you want a book where the message is everything is politics, you and, read Red Mars, and you read Red Mars. But there's like spaceships and yeah, and, yeah. and love stories yes. and characters interacting with each other. So you're kind of saying explosions. this book is the scientific essence. Yeah, it's, but it's all the things that those books have in them, but just remove all of the characters, remove all the action, remove any That's adventure, boring. remove the spaceships. And there's like one of the most exciting things is, you know, so, oh, and they set up a science experience and it takes eight days to set up the experience. There is a little bit of drama, but it comes like three quarters of the way through and then like seven eighths of the way through, it's gone again. Like like one eighth of this book, they he's like, oh, I, I guess there should be some drama here somewhere. <laughs> like and he puts in a little bit of politics and a little bit of drama and a bit of like, Okay. Oh, I'm trying to keep a secret about a weapon that we might have accidentally made or whatever like that. And then that passes and they're like, oh, yeah, and we carried on. And then I left the project and said, blah, blah. And uh, But even at the start, he says, oh, yeah, and it didn't actually impact the world at all. We thought this was going to be a massive thing. Yeah. And, you know, some people won some Nobel Prizes about it. But in the end, the, the, the signal that we got was so confusing that, like, we couldn't even decode it properly. And it didn't really impact the world at all. Like, we came up with a few little inventions. But that was about it. Like, there wasn't even that much impact. In the so why write about and you're like, wait a second, what are, what are we reading this story for again? And actually what we're reading the story for is these the some of the most intelligent people and mathematicians and scientists in the world have been brought together in this kind of skunk works project where you go, all right, guys, just work on this, like some Manhattan yeah. project, like everyone in the same room, cross-pollination of ideas, different people working together. Five million people working together. Yeah, and that kind of stuff. And that's what the yeah. book is. Now, if that is the book, like I was, this was recommended to me by Ryan on, and it's been recommended to me before as well. Um, but Ryan has said his message voice by Stanis, Stanislav Lem. He's put it with the L, not with the W. Yeah, with the L because with. it's more tricky to write. Very cerebral first contact story on the same level as Solaris, which you reviewed a few years back. Scientists convened in late in the late 1960s to try and make sense of a signal emanating from another star system. What they find leaves them with more questions than answers. Not a very exciting book in square quotes um, uh, in the usual sense but I really enjoyed the intellectual explorations it's not very long and you know what Ryan sold that to me perfectly not an exciting book in the usual sense but an enjoyable intellectual explorations of and it says it's a first contact story but it's not even that because contact kind of it means that contact there is like, no contact there's no contact it's like a first contact story can't be oh here's like, a letter it's like, here's a letter on the floor picks no, no, no. it up no, and it's you not read even it a letter. Like, it's it's uh, oh, you see ants putting down a thing yeah. <laughs> down a line, and then you call that first contact because maybe the ants are trying to tell me something. Yeah, yeah but that's the thing. It even says this sort of like when you say you get a letter and you're looking at it and you're like, hey guys, look, we've worked out the chemical composition of the ink on the page, and you're like, well, what does that tell you about the content of it? And yeah, and that's what the whole his master's voice is sort of like the yes. dog looking at a gramophone, seeing something turning around and hearing but his master's voice. Going, like, hmm, what's going on here? This little confused no. look on the dog's face. That's Maybe he doesn't, he's totally convinced that this is his master voice. His master, his master maybe just changed uh, yeah, the changed, look. Yeah, changed the look of it. And now, okay, well, that's now the master. I, I'm fine with that. And but here's the thing that, like you say, well, in in uh, like if you get a letter, and this is another one of the discussions in the book, you get a letter from somebody, and it's uh, and it's on uh, baby blue uh, paper. Uh, in an envelope and it's and it's got a scent you know you smell it and it's like smelling like that yeah. and the it's not typed out it's all this uh, you know hand hand drawn yeah. maybe there's some little stickers on it with some hearts or something like yeah. that 
you know already from the context of what the message is, like the 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 media, the cultural, the cultural context of that. Yeah. And if you get another one which is in a white envelope with a window in the front with your address on and you know you a return address on the phone, you know, like, yeah, oh, you know, oh, you, you know, just like the packaging. Bill. So what is first contact when you don't even know? Like and I just said, you pick up a letter from the floor, but you're picking up a letter, but like you don't even recognize what form the letter is. Like it's not, a, is it? A big manila envelope, an A4 manila envelope, which is slightly padded. You're like, oh, this is interesting. Like that, is it like a, is it a postcard? Is it, you know, you can't even open it. It's just one sided, but it's got a picture on one side. You just know what kind of things are going to be in each one of these letters that I'm saying. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't even call. I can't even call this a first contact story because there's no contact in the novel. There is no contact because contact has to be like two way. This is contact. What I've just yes. done to you is contact yeah, by p- tapping yeah. you on the arm. Yeah. This isn't contact. No. It's me, just like me waving my hand over here where you can't see like it doesn't go me going outside screaming hello yeah <laughs> and someone way over there hearing you and you're like in, they're like i've made contact and like no you haven't made contact no, no, no. you've heard someone shouting yes, exactly. if you shout back hello and then, then they're like that's hello contact. and you've that made contact. contact yeah that's yeah. it so that's a, that's I think a contact thing. kind of needs a response yes it has to be t- that's the whole point two-way right? contact so anyway we've talked for 36 minutes and i haven't even i've mentioned one character in this book and no oh, story I, I thought there is no. Well, there, more. Are, there are characters named. I, I didn't always keep track of who was who. Okay, but uh, well, well, actually, there are some. There are some who are memorable, but mostly because of the stories that they tell. You know, there's yeah. this one. There's this one mathematician who was Jewish who survived a. You know, in survived a, something in Poland. Uh, where the whole village or the whole Jewish village was lined up and being shot one by one and he survived. So there are some really good discussions and really good imagery in the book. Yeah. Like the ideas in the book are really good. But again, no, not really any drama except for this one bit and a little bit of politics of who's going to be in charge of this thing and, and what the Russians might know. Um, anyway, so... Uh, but this, this whole story, does it, is it told like in Poland? Is this a Polish? No, no, no. It's a, it's written in Poland, but it's it's set in Arizona. Like they all go down yeah. to Area Fifty One. This is what I thought was always really like. I I just looked up Stanisław Lem, and most of his science fiction stories. Yeah. Happen in the U.S. Yeah, because he's writing for a Polish audience. This is that's Which exotic. Which is really funny. That's exotic. So the Pentagon is doing stuff. Yeah. So where does he get the knowledge from what the Pentagon does? He's just a creative writer. That's it's it. It's really funny. But everything's secret, so it doesn't matter anyway. Like, he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't have to get it correct. He just has to make it Come up believable. With yeah. yeah. It just so he has comes to... up with English-sounding names. And well, then... well, also it's been translated. But it's a good translation. This is a good translation. I'd heard really bad things. Well, actually, I read that first... Um, the uh, Solaris The one, Solaris right? book, yeah. because I listened... Which went from there was an audible... Polish to French. Yeah, that was the thing. The, the um, audible commissioned uh, the first ever direct from Polish to English translation because yeah. the people didn't have the rights before that. Yeah. Uh, but I also read the yeah the the Polish to Fran- French French to English translation mm-hmm. in one it, we did two I did two episodes on it when oh, we yeah, were also that. watched the movies. Yeah. We watched two movies, listened to the audio drama and I read the original book mm-hmm. as well. Actually, while listening to the updated audiobook and the translation is much better in the audiobook, mm. um, which I think you, you can now get that translation as an ebook and other thing too. Anyway, so yeah, we've talked for like 40 minutes about a book which I thought we were going to talk about for 15 minutes because I didn't think I had much to say about it, but uh, that always well, happens with books I like, I guess. Yeah. Well, also, also, this, like, there are some books yeah. which are fun to read. Yeah. And they have a fun story. Yeah. And they have adventures. Yeah. 
which you don't really talk much about it because it was just fun, yeah. right? And this book is full with ideas. Yeah, it's, it's a, totally a book about ideas. This and is what Jesse is always what, says yeah. about and from the SFF audio. He's yeah. always like, oh, I always care about if it's got good ideas in it. Yes. And this book is like, Lem has just gone, oh, all of the ideas that were in Solaris and all the ideas and all these other kind of things that could happen, mm. let's just put them in the book. And they're like, okay, what story are you going to tell? He's like, eh. No story needed. No, just well, just I mean, there the is essence. a bit of a story needed. Yeah. There is, I mean, there is story in this, but I'm saying the story is not the focus. If you go into this and they're like, oh, nothing really happens. There's just lots of people sitting around talking. You're like, well, that's what that's the book what is. That's what the book is. Um, so one question. Yeah, man. What? Yeah, man. <laughs> um, do you, are you going to read another uh, Stanislav Lem book? Yeah, of course. There's some other books which are uh, mentioned... Uh, you know, other people have said, oh, this is one of his most famous. The other ones are the Siberian and Fiasco and Solaris. And I've not read those books either. Okay. No, I actually, I have read uh, Siberian, I think. Let me have a quick look. Let me open up Stanislav Lem's I think Lem's maybe some of, I, I'm Goodreads pretty book. sure some of his books are available in my library. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So. Okay, on his list, Solaris, the Siberian, which I have read, but that was years ago. Um, the... Uh, Tales of Perks the Pilot, which is one of his famous ones. Uh, his master's voice in Fiasco. And uh, and there's some others as well, but those are his, I guess, his, uh, his best-known novels. Yeah, they have um, loads of uh, Stanislav Lem books there. Yeah, he wrote can, quite a lot. I can read uh, Fiasco. In German? In English. Maybe. All right. So let's have a quick look at what other people on, on goodreads.com think about. Oh, the Siberia. Yes. Yeah, I can have that too. Okay. Um, Tom Trezansky rated two stars. These are friends of mine on, on Goodreads. Sort of like the anti-contact, or as it proceeds at Sega's novels, maybe the contact is the juvenile, safe-for-kids, rose-coloured version of his message voice. Yeah. Works much better as philosophy than novel. David Agronoff rated it three stars. This book has been on my shelf for years. Um... Uh, Lem pretty much broke the fourth wall, spoke directly to us on page 31. The reader who ploughed their way to this point is waiting with growing impatience to be led into the inner sanctum of the famous enigma in the hope that I will regale him them with thrills and chills, every bit as delightful as the experience, experiences viewing horror movies. I advise to set my book down now. <laughs> That's in the book. If, if you get to that point, Davis you says, expect anything else. David says, just yeah, I admit it. during the first 30 pages I found myself wondering what the hell the story was if anything this warning was about 30 pages too late a lot of early pages just came off as philosophical nonsense i was sure that this is on me but the i was waiting for this for a story to begin uh once i got this warning i sat back to enjoy the book for what it was a thin story propping a discussion of how our species would or could handle contact with intelligent species beyond our world yeah so that's what i'm trying to say it's like don't go into this book expecting a horror story or this other kind of stuff go into this book expecting a you know Something, something, something. Ryan rated it five, four stars. He, he recommended it to me. Uh, it's an intensely cerebral one in, in the same category as Lem Solaris in that regard. Though there's some overlap between the two books in themes and ideas, his master's voice explore enough territory on its own that I found it to be engaging, an engaging compliment to Solaris. Yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah, some good, good reviews there as well. Quite a few people have rated it uh, lower than that. Uh, but a 4.11 rating, and I think it's got a 4.11 rating on overall on um, Goodreads, which is a good rating, by it's the way. It's very It's good. a very high rating because you're not going to read this book by accident. Like, you're not yeah. going to start this oh, book. So, so you're saying the people who pick up this book yeah. 
probably know what they're getting they into. They know what they're getting into. Unlike some other books where if, you, if, if I didn't know this was Stanislav Lem and it came out like now and was written by, I don't know, any author, yeah. like, and I started reading it, I'd be like, eh, not really. But because this is like from the 1960s and it's Stanislav Lem, like most philosophical book, yeah. you go into it going, all right, Lem, give me, give me, give me the, your, 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 yeah. Everything. Your essence. Do it, give me a brain dump. <laughs> give me a brain dump. And what a brain dump it is. It's yeah. really, it's a really fun brain dump. It's not a good novel, but it's a really good brain dump of someone who has thought about this stuff a lot in a way which you don't get. And he's even saying it in the book. Science fiction normally doesn't go in this way. Yes. Science fiction is normally neat and tidy with a ribbon at the end. You get the answers. Everyone, you find out. You can communicate with the aliens and, and everyone lives happily ever after or they invade or something. But here, it's not even that. It's just like... There's nothing. It's not, it's, it's none of that. It's just sort of like, okay, go all the way back to a message. You got a message. What What is the message but about? That message and you're like, could, uh -huh. that, that has nothing, doesn't even have to be uh, alien. It could, could, could be could be anything. Yeah, could be anything, you're right. Could be anything. And it could just be a, a neutrino star just sending radio messages. It, that is even radio signal. That's even discussed in this book you know, as it's well. Like, it's like the neutrino, like the, yeah. what, what, what these uh, scientists got, like the... Yeah. The, the image of the black hole or something. Yeah, no, no, not the image of the black hole, but the the, the ones where the oh, oh the the ones that make the the pulsars. The pulsars. Yeah, it could just be a pulsar. Yeah, it could, yeah. It doesn't well, even that's have even to what they anything. say. They even say like, oh, like oh, who designed the world in this way that you know that um, water when it ex when it when it goes past four degrees, mm. it starts expanding again. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it shrinks and shrinks and shrinks until it gets down to four degrees and then starts expanding again, which means ice freezes, it freezes on the top of mm. the water first and then freezes and downwards. Down. But if, it, if, if it's only started expanding and it's zero degrees after it froze, it would start, it would start freezing From, at the bottom and yeah. then freeze to the top. And they're like, well, who designed the universe in that way that life can exist? Because it can, things can exist underneath ice. Life can exist underneath ice. Yeah. And seeds can, and fish can exist underneath ice. Like, who designed the world that way? And they're like, nobody designed the world. But that's the world, that, that's the universe that we live in. You know, so all of that kind of stuff. Like, maybe it's just accidental that this signal comes <laughs> yeah. through and helps life yeah. do develop in this way. Anyway, there's yeah. a lot in this book. And this little 45-minute discussion is not a spoil. There's nothing spoiling about this. All right, so let's wrap that up there. I'm going to give this book four stars, but it's a four star with a, a, like an asterisk. A, like a, a really anti-recommendation for anybody who doesn't want, hey, do you want to download, do you want a mind dump of philosophy and science and, 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 and deep thinking from one of the greatest deep thinking science fiction writers of the 20th century? Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. Nothing for and me. he didn't even bother dressing it up with space battles and no, nothing, uh, nothing to, artillery it's stripped. firing. It's, yeah, it's stripped nude. away. It's yeah. a nude science fiction yeah. novel. There's there's not even there's not even any history of any characters or love interests there's, or anything. Even like no, Solaris. No big leave. I think if if you if you read Solaris and get to the end of Solaris and think, oh, I want a book with even few with with even less drama, less action, fewer characters, and fewer answers to any of the questions. <laughs> what book do you want? Uh, this you is it. So now it doesn't really surprise me that, that when you said, do I, I was like, oh, but you, we, we both really like Solaris. And then you told me, oh no, you only gave Solaris two stars. And uh, even though I gave it like 4.5 stars. So this is a four, four, four star book. Maybe we'll get to uh, Fiasco yeah. or I'd The Siberian. I'll in my, in my library I'll add it to app my... as, a, as a tag. So the next book that we're going to review is The Record of the Spaceborne Few. Yes, You're about halfway through. through that. I'm going to start reading, well, I actually started reading it today. I got to the chapter where it's written from the point of view of the young person, and I hate this now. Every single book 
that's been written in the past whenever. Everybody does the same writing technique was that now I'm writing from the child's point of view and they turn it and, and oh, I don't know, there's a certain voice of how these authors are writing children and it makes me want to punch myself in the face. I hate it. And now I'm in that chapter. So I might just skip to the end of that chapter and just go to the next one. I'm not sure if I can, I can cope with this already. I'm in chapter four. Oh no. Anyway, uh. I, I might be able to do it. I might be able to do it. But it's, if you're not, it's, please just leave it. I'm gonna try. I'm halfway through, and it's like, yeah, it, you know. But it's um, it's okay. Like, maybe maybe the next maybe the next one out. Juliana will read it, and I haven't read it. Yeah. Oh, also, we've got tickets to go and see the final um, Avengers, uh, Avengers movie. movie. Oh uh, yeah, and, and we did an episode on Avengers, or no, what's it? The last battle number Marvel, one. No, we did it of uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase One, and then oh, yeah. we did another one of on Phase is Two. Is this the end of Phase Two? No, this is the end of Phase Three. So this oh. will be the third one, oh. and we can talk about all the movies. So we might do an episode Ooh. about that. Uh, uh, I need to remember. Oh. Well, I have my notes. That's the thing. Okay. I can look back through my notes. Good. We tried to. We actually tried to include the TV shows previously, but we haven't kept up with the TV show. So we I'll, need to. We now finished Friends. We need to get another TV uh, show. Oh yeah, that well, we yeah, we can. We can, let's catch up with Agents of Shield. Let's do yeah. some more Agents of Shield because I'd yeah. like to catch up yeah, with that. Yeah, me too. Um, that was quite fun in there. Yeah, Wait, which one did we? Oh yeah, it was Ant Man and the what? No. Yeah, Ant Man. Oh no, 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 it was um, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, he came up in that one. Well, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Uh, again, there's yeah, there's, there's more there's more um, Agent, Agents Agent, of Shield. Yes. Like we got we got to, we've got to catch up with more two more seasons of Agents of Shield. Whatever. We do. We need um, to do that. So we'll do that as well. But we don't need to t do that for the podcast. We can just talk about the movies again for the podcast. Um, also, uh, other books that I'm reading. Well, actually, I just finished this one, so I'm going to look for another audiobook to 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 download and listen to. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge there, and on Instagram, the same name. YouTube, the same name. Uh, Juliana is over. You're currently on... doing some funny project about uh, juggling world records. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, if you want to follow along and see if, if you if... have some free time and you yeah. want to spend uh, maybe three tomorrow. Hours... I'm I might do it again tomorrow morning. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try and juggle four balls for three hours. Uh, the record. The record is at four hours. No, sorry, two hours, two hours and forty six minutes. Yes. And in a previous attempt, I got. Two hours and 43 40, three, minutes. Wait, you're three minutes short. Yeah, I got over two hours and 40 minutes of four ball juggling and then dropped three minutes before the end. But I'm feeling more fit now. I got cramp in my arm, but now I'm actually feeling better about this. So I'll do that. So check, check that out uh, on YouTube uh, for my live streams there. Otherwise, that's about it. Yeah. Thanks a lot for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.